0: got a tied series after two games in toronto safe to say we're feeling a lot better after game two than we were after game one uh not just because of the result but also because we don't have as many questions lingering about the status of john Tavares. so obviously we'll talk about the captain a little later but uh let's start off by recapping a big win 5-1 on saturday night in game two Boys, the power play has life.
1: Yeah, it was good to see. That was uh, starting to to get to become a much larger issue. Um, not that it wasn't already a huge issue, but it, it seemed like it might have been something that became like a defining thing in the series. So I'm glad to see that they got a couple there and it just looked dangerous. Like it looked, a lo- I mean, it had its chances throughout the rough stretch, I think, but it just, I don't know, the the puck movement looked better. And and if if that shot from the point, from Sandine ends up being another weapon there that'll open things up even more so yeah feeling feeling a lot better after last night's game
2: yeah you can definitely feel the breakthrough coming for the power play i think uh even you know the shorthanded goal in game one aside i thought that the power play has looked better right from the beginning of this series they've been moving the puck a lot more fluidly and just getting the puck to the net a lot more efficiently creating a lot more chances. And it seemed like it was only a matter of time. And, you know, the Leafs did a great job of making the Canadians pay for their lack of discipline in game too.
0: Yeah. They did a much better job of just working it around and like forcing holes to open up as opposed to it, it, like waiting for something to open up. Like it, it felt like it was just a lot more like, you know, quick movement, zipping it around the, the perimeter rather than like, you know, one guy kind of holds and waits and looks for an opening. And it, it was just a lot more fluid. And, and, and you know, the, the entries were better. Like it was just it looked like a completely different power play. And it, it, there's a bit of, you know, a bit of uh, discourse around the officiating and the disciplinary result of Game two, um, you know, the Leafs had plenty of opportunity to to kind of get things going, which I guess was a blessing um, as well. In the second period, there are tons of of power play opportunities and it just looked better every time out. And yes, Sandine was clearly a big part of that. Um, How did you guys feel about the officiating? Like, Because I I was expecting the the makeup calls to come. And then there were a few that like, like Nylander kind of had a a trip, I think, towards the end of the second period. There were like, there were a few that could have gotten called. Uh, Like you could even say that that Hyman hit uh, arguably could have been a boarding call. Like if you were looking for makeup calls, they were there and and the shoe just never seemed to drop.
2: Yeah. I think it was probably a, a strange feeling for most hockey fans watching that and, you know, seeing the team that was controlling play for the most part actually get rewarded with power play opportunities or an advantage in the penalty differential. I do think that there were a few that the Leafs probably got away with. And I didn't really think that that first high sticking call on Gallagher, I didn't think there was much there. Those scrums were happening after almost every whistle. So I could see why some Canadians fans might have been upset with that one. But for the most part, I think that the Leafs kind of got what they deserved in that game with the way they controlled play and were you know forcing the Canadians to make desperation attempts which resulted in penalties against more often than not yeah
1: and, and there could have been there could have been like yes the there there was definitely a few maybe missed calls on the Leafs but there was Certainly, a lot more that could have been called on the Habs too. They could have had 10 penalties in the second period alone. So it's yeah, like, they're
2: like punching guys in the head and everything, like along the boards and shit. It's yeah,
1: if you everything is high, like if it's a, a like a shove or a cross check or you know, anything like that, it's to the head or to the back of the head or to the face. Like everything is up high. They could get called, they could be called after every single whistle. And yes, the Leafs are doing some of that too. But if you if you take out the the ridiculous challenge, which I'm sure we'll talk about too, but you know, then there was five actual penalties to the one called for the Leafs. And that feels about representative of, of the actual infractions that happened on the ice too, whether they all got called or not. So I, I, I don't know. It, 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 I can understand can some Canadians fans having some issues with the officiating, but it had absolutely no bearing on the outcome of the game. The Leafs dominated a five on five too. It wasn't just on the power play.
0: Yeah. So 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 let's talk about the, the challenge because um I, I watched this one with a couple of Habs fans and they were they were definitely upset about the officiating at times, but they they were incensed with this call. Uh, by their team because what the hell were they thinking? Like, it's it's actually a it's an incredible moment. Just the 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 view of Bergevan up top oh, the fact, his like marbles,
1: all disheveled with his long hair and stuff. Top marks to the broadcast for capturing that because that made it so much better. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I mean, watching it live, you're like what the hell like what is he challenging like i don't even th- i figured they were looking at offside that was my first thought anything, too. Right? yeah exactly it's like they must be because and i was like maybe they're not cat like hockey in canada was only showing the 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 thornton stick the goal so like, yeah they, guys they just that's not the- what they're looking at they're looking at it something else and then i'm like shit, that is what they're looking at but i you I think one of some one of somebody said it last night in the group chat that friedman said that there was another challenge going on at the same time and that's what took so long
0: yeah but still, yeah, I, I mean, my buddies thought, oh, oh, maybe it is an offside or something. And I said, no, they they said we're, it's a challenge for goalie interference. So then it was maybe maybe it was earlier in the play or something. But, uh, yeah, it was a strange one. And, and I mean, you see eventually what they were looking at. But like the idea that they're going to take away a goal for that in the playoffs, I, I, I can't believe that they would not only call for it, but then be like super upset about it right after they were flipping that that was overturned and and it just, just
2: had like such a reek of desperation from the Habs right like they yeah, yeah. felt yeah. they were screwed either way if that goal counted so let's just you know throw this challenge out there and hope that there's something that they see to call it back and maybe we're back in it yeah. i don't know it, i just i couldn't understand what they were looking at there at all
0: yeah so i mean the leafs ran away with it from that point um and you know i, I felt like obviously the, the power play improving that was a big part of of you know the improvement in game two but um i i mean they they just they, i thought that they rebounded well in game one all things considered from mm-hmm. you know what happened at the start but but i thought that um you know they, they really kept it rolling in, into game two like at an even greater level because like i was saying to you guys earlier like i watched that condensed game again today from game two and like i felt like like the first period didn't go quite as well for the Leafs as it, as it seemed like they they got some pretty good looks in the, in the first the you know the expected goals battle was pretty even and it, it you know didn't really open up until the second period but um, Leafs are creating a lot of second chance opportunities like i think all but one like the Sandine goal was a bomb from the point but every at least three of the other goals in game 2 were were rebound chances so like they're creating a. Time. and
1: the Spetsa one the of one was just kind of a weird he intercepted a pass and i think that caught price off guard but yeah they're they're definitely making it making it difficult on price which they kind of have to do
0: yeah so william nylander ha- has been huge in both games um i believe like especially when you look at like relative to expectations um right up there as for me as far as you know top forwards go like Matthews has been excellent as well but like we talked about Nylander as a guy who really needed to come through obviously as a a possession guy uh you know carrying it through the neutral zone but he's been so much more than that so far like he is creating and, and uh, you know getting great opportunities for himself and his line mates um he, he's he's been excellent I, I feel through two games
2: yeah and I talked about it a little bit on the preview where The biggest thing I wanted to see out of Nylander was just that I didn't want to see him shrink when the intensity increased in the playoffs. And I think anybody could have been forgiven for shrinking a bit after what happened to Tavares to start the series. But it was the exact opposite of Nylander. I thought he was the one that really stepped up and got the Leafs back in that game uh, to open the series there. He's playing physically. He was outstanding defensively in the second game of the series, I thought. And like you said, Cam, just creating, driving the puck through the center of the Mm -hmm. ice. He's winding it up down low behind the opposing net. And and he's getting his shots through. I mean, three points through the first two games of the series and playing really well defensively and with an increased level of physical engagement as well. I I think he's done everything and more that we could have asked for so far.
1: Yeah, and and I think, Nick, you've said this before about and how when Nylander's the guy on his line that he kind of elevates his his play that much more when when everything's running through him and he's the guy that's that's kind of running and, and driving the line and and not that I think that Felino hasn't been good I don't think he had a great first game um, and he had some weird ice time in the first game too um, but. Game two, I thought Felino was was quite good, but still like, that especially it's being shifted
2: over to the middle, right?
1: yeah, taking on a completely new responsibility that he hasn't done in, a, in in a while. So I think that, but I do think that that's you know Nylander's still going to have to be the one that you know does most of the work on that line, and he's doing it, and and it's 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 fun to watch because he's he's. He's not changing his game per se in the sense that like, you know, when the intensity ratchets up in the playoffs and guys get more physical, like he is engaging a bit more physical, but he's, he's still doing William Nylander things that he always does. And it's, it's fun to watch because he's getting pucks back. He's, you know, he's, he's creating havoc down low in front of the net and, but not in ways that guys normally do in the playoffs. And, you know, it's, it's fun to watch him because it's just, he's, he's a, really entertaining player because every single time he's on the ice he does something that whether it's a, a a quick defensive play that gets the puck going in the other direction whether it's him like kind of dicing through the neutral zone he's just constantly creating offense and and also playing very well defensively too
0: he's such a facilitator like you know he he like he created kind of uh helped to create his own goal like on that in game 1 where you know, Felino did some work, nice work to down low to kind of h- help to create the turnover, and then Nylander moved it back to the point, went right to the net, and then just you know tapped in the rebound. Like he's just so smart, and knows where to go, and and when he's engaged like that, like he, he's just so involved in every play, and and he's been awesome through through two games. Um, and you know, like you you mentioned, like despite losing Tavares, and you know, we maybe time to talk about that. Like that was obviously devastating um for everyone and like you know i like you don't want to be sensationalist about it right and and i was kind of thinking this like at the time it happened but in in the you know days since it's not even a sensationalist take to say that like it felt like we were losing this guy right before our eyes and that's kind of the feeling i i felt and like it's it's you know, it's a hell of a thing to say, like in hindsight, especially, you know, considering he got released from hospital fairly quickly. He's back home. He's, you know, going to be a couple of weeks with the knee and, and we'll see with the concussion or whatever. But um, it, it's it was such a scary moment where oh, it just man. you didn't f- know what was going to happen. Just such a
2: terrifying visual. Yeah. Right. Uh, and we, we don't need to, like, relive it on here because everyone is well aware of, of what happened. And I'm sure it's ingrained into a lot of people's memories already. But just for the Leafs to be able to bounce back at all in the first game of the series after that, um, we can talk about the the fight a a little bit later on. I I just think that spoke to the level of maturity that the the team has as well. Just such a devastating incident. I I didn't even feel like watching hockey after that. So I I don't know how those guys... Uh, and that goes for both teams too. Like uh, the the Canadians aren't uh, exempt from that. Uh, That's a tough moment for everyone that was involved. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and just like talking about Game One too. Like I, I know they lost, and and that they had just an incredible kind of weight hanging over them for it. The whole thing felt like a blur, it did. right? Like it I, did.
2: I hardly remember anything other than
1: that from the first game. But they they still played very well, all things considered. Like even. Even like I understand they lost, but like they hit what two posts or three posts. They there was that really good save that Price had on the on the Marner one timer. Like that game could have very easily been three two. So it's like you know, yes they lost the game. There was a really emotional moment and and just a horrible thing to see and to have happen. Where it, where it just completely removes you from sport, and it just becomes you know uh, way bigger than that. And then for them just to be like, okay, we got to play now, and, and to play the way they did, I was still very proud of of their effort uh, on Thursday. Yeah,
0: I-, I thought that they bounced back incredibly well. Like they, I mean we were obviously like the first little bit there was tough to, to kind of get back into it. But, you know, they made a game of it and they were they were in it right to the end. They were you know, they battled. And, you know, I I think that, that that's such a bad like the, the take that, you know, they didn't step up for their captain. I, I thought they stepped up fantastically I um, think
2: that they Johnny would have been quite proud of the way that they right. responded there in the first game and and even more so in the second game. yeah
0: I mean this is you know this was always going to be a battle I, I don't well, think well,
2: we talked about how much stuff would have to go wrong for the Leafs you know in order for this to not go their way it would be hard to imagine game one going much worse you know when you consider what happened to the captain and just the effect that that might have had on the rest of the team. And then you just throw in the stuff that actually took place in the game, like that breakdown on the power play to give up the game winner. I I think like chances of things going that poorly, and I I say this as a Leafs fan who has seen things go poorly forever, chances of things going that poorly again are pretty slim, I think. So, the Habs are still going to need to you know have a lot of things go their way in order to come out on top in this series I think the Leafs are just they showed last night in game two that they're the superior team yeah
0: yeah it's it's adversity right now and it's you know they they are clearly like you know you you had Spets's comments about you know winning is the way we kind of get get Johnny back right so um that's you know they've they're they're here for a reason they're uh, they were always looking at a long series. It's not like you know, losing Tavares and losing Game One is is uh, something that you need to you know uh, fold up and you know it. Like
2: th- this, it is did feel that way though, didn't it? I don't know about you guys, but just when you think about everything that went on, and I, I don't know, the games didn't really feel all that important after. Not until, not, not, until not until we knew. knew that Tavares was out of the yeah, way. Not right? until yeah, we knew. and I think that was probably a. It was probably similar for the rest of the team, too. A lot easier to get back to focusing on hockey once they knew that, you know, Tavares was going to be OK. And yeah, I, I after the first game, before we knew that he was kind of going to be out of the woods there, I, I felt pretty grim. I don't know. It yeah, just, uh, absolutely,
0: yeah. man. Like I, I was it was awful. It was an yeah. awful feeling. And it was like just because you didn't like it didn't. Uh, become the worst case scenario on the ice Like it looked like it was for a moment There like I, it felt like a you know A Malarchuk moment for you know A second there right like it was just so yeah. scary And it was and then after It's like you know you're not Getting much in terms of updates and then But then, but then by morning like he's at a hospital And it's like uh, holy shit like I, I was Not expecting him to be released that quickly and, nope. and then you know you start Getting more and more news as You know the hours go on and, and you know, the the feeling started to turn for me like fairly quickly. Like it's still devastating and I haven't been able to obviously like watch it again. And I don't know when when or if I ever want to
1: watch it again. Yeah, no, I'm certainly not ever going to watch the like original live feed. I don't ever need to see. the. I don't need to see the replay of the of any of it, but definitely not that. Yeah, I know it's scary shit, man. It was it was really, you know, positive news to wake up to the next day that he was released in the hospital, though. Like that was remarkable it was not something I saw happen yeah
0: it, it was a huge relief and um, yeah I mean that it's you know you can start to shift your focus back to hockey a little bit right because it's you know it's, yep. it's things aren't going to hold up and it's uh, it's a, a, a shitty way to look at it would
2: be the first one to be try to tell the boys to get back going they said he
1: was he's been active in their group chat you know since it happened so I'm sure which isn't surprising at all Let's talk about Austin Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like we we take him for oh granted, don't yeah. we? Like Holy shit.
2: he's so fucking good like. Gross. Yeah. You, you can talk about Connor McDavid all you want, but like the, the way that Matthews was affecting the game in all facets it, in the second game of the series he was a monster yeah, he's a bulldozer. all over yeah. the ice he's just it's dominant all over the ice i don't don't know how else to and say that's it. what he
0: needs to be right like you know it's it's obviously goals are huge you need to score them but you're a big boy like you you gotta you gotta affect everything while you're out there because you can do it because you can you know get around the ice like no one else your size can like it's 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 been a treat man like it feels like that's what we say every time about this guy but like it's it's amazing the way that it's so consistent too right yeah. like it's it's never it's just always on
2: yeah. yeah but like you said he's even taken it to a kind of a different level here in these first two games of the playoffs just with the overall intensity and the the physicality just being after it like 110% all the time there was a lot of talk about Simmons and Bogosian and and those guys and the physicality and and whatnot. But I think maybe even more important than just the physicality that they've brought individually, like what they've been able to bring out of some of these guys, like namely Austin Matthews so far, I think that's been even more important and a bigger story. Like in terms of those guys being added to this team in the off season. Yeah it's it's been like growth from within spurred on by the additions that Dubas made in the offseason and it was always going to be about you know the top guys maturing and advancing in their style of play and overall maturity and stuff like that and i think we've seen that all season long and it's been taken to another level by Matthews in particular so far and
1: it'd be hard not for him to not take some of it personally when you know you're you're eliminated for the whatever fourth year in a row from the first round and the all the talk is and, and it's not just like talk in the media and fans it's your gm coming out and being like we need to be harder to play against we need to be tougher we need to be more physical that these are he, he's you know he knows he's the best player on the team he knows he's the highest played player in the nhl uh, you know he it would be hard to not take that person and be like, okay, I got to do something about that. So it's not even just the fact that there's a Bogosian and Simmons there and he's seeing them be physical and it's amping him up. I'm sure there's a, 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 a kind of a, an element of, yeah, I, it's time for me to do this. Like, you know, the, the team, the yeah, team he's needs a it. Yeah, competitive It's a right? slight on him when, when they have to go out and, and, you know, find that from outside when, you know, he wasn't capable of doing it prior to. But that being said, we've seen flashes of him being physical. It's just that now it's 420 minutes a game. Like he's flying out yeah. there and, and just not even just body check stuff. Like imposing his will, like it board battles and shit. He just comes into a battle on the boards where the puck's kind of bouncing around with feet and he just has absolutely no business being able to do what he does. And he just comes out with the puck. Like he just, it's, it's, so much fun to watch and so refreshing as a fan of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs who have not had a player like this in my lifetime. (laughs) So it's, it's just awesome. Yeah.
0: No other way to put it. Yeah. He's just elusive, like a five, seven guy. Like even just that little, you remember that little Deke inside the blue line that he just kind of like tucked it through a guy's legs and just blew through him on the breakout, like in the defensive inside the Leafs blue line. Like my, like, it's it's effortless and it's like video game shit to watch. Like a, a guy with that size just move like that and elude guys like that. It's incredible. How about that Morgan Riley block? He's been really really solid. Yeah, for Riley's me been and, great for two games. Uh, no,
1: you're not. You're not. The gaffs aren't.
2: Happening. <laughs> Did you guys see that one play where he went to pinch and you could like
1: see? The thought process taking place <laughs> yeah. in his brain,
2: and he's like, "Nope, nope, nope," and he stopped. It was like someone was pulling him the back, the devil on his like shoulder, screaming in
1: his ear yeah. to go, go. <laughs> no, he's been yeah. great. He's he's played really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: He, he's he's picked his spots, and uh yeah, props to him because you know that was a question we had going in for sure.
2: I think for the most part, just about everyone has been really solid for the, the two games. All things considered, you know, Campbell's playing well. Uh, you know, kind of erasing some doubts that maybe some people had about his lack of experience in the postseason. Yeah. I think Muzzin and Hall have played really well on the second pair, or I guess you could call them the first pair. Uh, f- that third line in game two like holy shit Pierre Engvall and I was just gonna say and Alex Kerfoot yeah
0: speaking of guys who you know deserve props that we've dumped on in the past Engvall got in there and he's been good like I think he deserves a spot at least for this series like they need his speed yeah there's no need for Riley Nash like right now not Uh, in this series
2: if you're going against Connor McDavid or something at some point maybe but yeah
0: yeah
1: even McDavid I don't like because the Oilers outside of McDavid and there there isn't a whole Lot so like I don't know if you really want to have Riley Nash being the guy that plays every minute against Connor McDavid. So yeah. it's more of like no. Win- Winnipeg has a bit more depth on the forwards. I would let you know that's a lot that's a situation where it might make sense with with Nash, but yeah, it just doesn't really fit this series. And and I think the only guy on the Leafs that I can kind of look at and maybe want a little bit more out of, which is hard, he still had two points last night. Marner hasn't been amazing. He's been all right. I don't know if you guys have seen it any different or not, but he's... No, I would agree with that. Yeah, he's just... he's He's, he's been Randy Carlisle just okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he, he creates by nature of who he is, right? Like that Sandine yep. goal, like uh, he deserves a lot of credit for, for the setup there. Great like pass, he pushed yeah. everyone back uh, on the entry. Yep. Like if you watch the way that like three guys just collapsed right to the top of the crease when Mariner entered the zone, and then just you know wheeled it back to Sandin. And like you know, and are he, we talking
2: he, about him differently if he backhands that one home last night as he's going around Price too? Like potentially that, but that, would that have been,
0: factors into. Part of the yeah, like right.
2: his
1: decision making with the puck is just not. I don't know. He had a couple other moments like that in game one too. But I'll also give him a lot of credit. The penalty kill has been great, and he's a big part of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But five and five, just maybe, maybe need a little bit more out of him. But.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's I more mean, encouraging than anything that like there's more to give yeah. there, and like you know I, I don't like to do the thing where like you stack him up against Nylander all the time, but like you know Nylander has been kind of carrying it. There's probably going to be a point where you know his play maybe drops off a, a little bit, and and mm-hmm. going to need to to crank it up a bit. hundred um, percent. So we already talked a bit about the um, uh, officiating in Game Two, um, some disciplinary stuff to kind of follow up with on that shea weber has been fined for a cross check on wayne simmons that uh you know keith you kind of thought that this might have been a misprint because like edmondson had a much rougher Ugh. cross check on simmons uh byron had a, a that nasty shot on engvall at the end of the game and then simmons had a chop on Edmondson right after that, and all of those seemed more more deserving of some kind of supplemental discipline than what actually got it.
1: I wouldn't have been upset or surprised if Simmons had gotten a fine for his slash. Like I fully thought that that was yeah. potentially... Well,
2: maybe they saw the clip of...
1: Uh- Edmondson right cross-checked it. his yeah. face directly after that. It's a, you know, yeah. that <laughs> it's a wash. Yeah, it's a wash. Yeah, yeah. That Edmondson cross-check. There's recently on Twitter like the slow-mo, up-close version of that going around. That's a that's a jaw-breaking, orbital bone-breaking cross-check. Like that was vicious, and I I the the view of the of the Weber one is like the camera's panning in the other direction and it's like the very bottom of the, of the frame. So it's like kind of, and it's, it's way out, uh, kind of the, the far out angle. So it's, it's tough to really understand the impact of it, but he's definitely throwing a, a full body coiled cross check to the back of his head. So, yeah, I mean, of course that stuff's going to get looked at, but, but I guess the, the thing that becomes interesting is that there was like a dozen of those cross checks last night. Like what, how did that one get picked out of the bunch? Yeah, yeah.
2: It's almost got like uh, just the NHL Department of Player Safety saying, hey, yeah, we're noticing you cross-checking everyone, telling yeah. it down a bit. Yeah.
1: Well, and he was. I mean, he buried Engvall on that. He got called on that one, actually, the two minutes for it. But like Weber, Sherrod, and Edmondson, every time a Leaf is near them, it's not a cross-check in the back anymore. It's a cross-check up high. Everything's high.
2: Yeah, or the closed fist shoving into the back yeah. of their helmet or yeah. something like that. Like, They're definitely taking some liberties, you know, almost every chance they get. But
1: man, I love that that Keefe comment. It was such like a low key kind of like dig, or like just I don't even know how to how to word it. But when he was like, "Well, they said they wanted a war, and if if you're going to come in with that mentality, you're going to put yourself at risk for penalties. So go for it." Yeah, we're we're ready for it.
2: There's that old line about their power play being their toughness, but I, I think it's pretty clear that. They've got a lot more traditional toughness mm-hmm. now, too, to kind of hang in those games, and they're definitely not going to be pushed around the way that they used to be. And, and I think that's a huge difference with this year's team. You know, just guys like Simmons and, and Felino and Thornton and Bagosian, and Mutt, like just overall a lot more team toughness. And it just feels like they're able to to handle when it, when the games get chippy like that. They're they're just not going to be taken out of it completely anymore.
1: It's part of the reason why I didn't mind. Simmons doing what he did at the end of the game because like our our, our bud leifer tweeted about kind of not liking that the Simmons slash uh, at the end of the game but like oh that was dirty it was 100% dirty but I said I replied to him I was like honestly like for me it was that was you know him saying I saw everything that happened all game and I wasn't going to do anything about it because we had to win and now that it's wrapped up I'm gonna fucking tear you down like a tree so it's like like I had no problem with that. It was settling a debt that had been racking up all game to me. And well, he went very.
2: It was very clearly that he was going at both yeah. guys there to yeah. end the it game. It was just. Like, it
1: was just Edmondson who lined up beside him, but Sherrod was getting it too. Yeah, yeah. There was no other objective from Simmons on that
2: last shift. He was going right at those two guys, and and I I, I like that to be honest with you. Just like. Hey, we're not going away. Uh, We'll see you see on Monday night.
0: Yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot at the end after just you know the whole game of yeah just nastiness in front of the net and yeah I I enjoyed it. It's going to be fun to watch it going into the games three and four. So looking ahead, um, you know, back to back in Montreal, um, you know we, we. we talked about Campbell a little bit, but you know, it's worth giving him some love. Like he, he was um he great. You know, he was great after that first ten seconds of game one where he blew a tire <laughs> oh, coming dude. out of the net and I was like, Oh fuck, is this what it's gonna be? Uh but yeah, he, I mean, he settled down like he's you know, there's still a couple of times where he's gone to play a puck and I've, you know, been a little nervous, but he's been really, really solid and uh and I would have a hard time not running him in both games. Yep.
2: Do you think that's maybe why they gave him the day off? That's uh, the first thing the I day? thought
1: of. That's the first thing I thought of when he was out. It's like, okay, they're getting him ready for the back-to-back. And I mean, like, all of the lip service that they gave Freddie at the end of the year about, like, we got to get him, you know, we're happy he's back and we got to get him ready. And, you know, he's going to be a big part of this this run. That, like, what else were they supposed to say? They had to say that. This is, like, they believe in Jack Campbell and they don't believe in Freddie. And then that's become very apparent. And I... I I would very. I I don't think that there's a situation unless Jack struggles on Monday that he's not back in the ice, back in the net on Tuesday. Wrap it up in five, and then get a couple days off. Like he'll be fine. Yeah,
2: but we talked about that, you know, on the last episode as well. Just how comfortable would we be going Going to to Freddie Freddie, down two one if that's the case? yeah, Yeah, if Jack, you know, doesn't have the greatest outing in Game Three, and we're going into Game Four potentially ready to go down 3-1. I don't no feel good about thank throwing you. Freddie Absolutely Anderson in, the net, not, in that I, situation. I
1: wouldn't feel good if we're up 2-1.
2: <laughs> no. Uh, so I think maybe if, you know, say it was a 3 nothing series going into game four, a back-to-back, yeah, okay, maybe th- throw Anderson yeah. a bone or something at that point. But that's not the situation we're in right now. Yeah, uh, I think that as long as Campbell is feeling good and hopefully he can be honest with himself and with the, the coaching staff and the medical staff – as long as he's feeling good, he should be in the net every night at this point, and I, I don't see any way that I'd be comfortable going to Anderson. Yeah,
1: I, I messaged you guys last night in the chat. I think it was in the third period, early in the third period, when they were, you know, I think they were up three-one, and Byron came down the right side and like kind of put like a change change up that backhand. backhand on him. Yeah. I was like that that goes in at this point, Wiggins, Freddie. Like that's the the patented. Back-breaking, bad time goal.
2: It, it feels unfair to say that, but it's not. It, not like, when you have a, not when you
1: have a binder full of fucking of, <laughs> yeah. of, of kind of refer or, or precedent on it. So, yeah, it sucks. I like. I don't want to seem like we're just dumping on Freddie for no reason. I've I've defended Freddie this year, but it hits a point where it's like you have a better option. You got to go with it.
2: Yeah, and it just goes back to dancing with the guy that got you here. Yeah. I, I think. If down two one, up two one, I think if Campbell's feeling good, he's gotta be in there.
0: Yeah, agreed. Anything else we're looking for in uh, games three and or four? I mean, we talked about, you know, like to see maybe a little more out of Marner, like obviously with Tavares out, like down the middle of the ice is going to be an issue, but obviously Montreal is kind of the one team um, that, that kind of can't hang with the big dogs down the middle in the division in terms of playoff teams. So like, it's, it may not have a huge impact in this series, especially with Matthews going as he is, but um, like he's going to need to keep that up kind of throughout, right? Like it's, it's not unprecedented for a team to lose one of their top two centers and and still go deep. But um, you know, this was kind of the, this was the, the, the issue that always could have been right that. We, you know, we, we knew that third line center was a a problem, but the bigger problem is what if one of the top two guys goes out and, you know, then, then what are you doing at two C or three C and, and you know, that's, that's a big question right
2: now. Well, how glad are the Leafs to have Nick Foligno on their roster right now? 100%. Because he shifted Maybe over. Maybe not a guy who you want playing center all the time, but I, I think he translates pretty well into, you know, he doesn't do things at the same level that John Tavares does, but he does a lot of similar things that Tavares does. And I think it kind of just seems like a natural fit to slide him into that spot. Yeah. You know, he, he's great along the boards, really strong defensively. He he did well on faceoffs even last night for a guy who hasn't you know necessarily taken a ton of them lately. I I'd thought it was a really impressive performance from Foligno shifting over to the middle with the, you know an entirely new line basically because he hasn't played a whole lot with Nylander either, and then Galchenyuk was thrown in with them. I I thought it was a a really good performance and just the fact that he's in a similar mold to DaVar made it sort of an easier transition I think.
1: Yeah, he's a guy that I'm watching Monday night for sure because he was good last night and and that's That's a a a guy that you know he's he's clearly coming in you know excited to to help out on a new team on a cup run and now he's got a chance to be a a second line center with with a very talented winger who's just flying right now you know kind of on all cylinders and him and Galchenyuk you know have a have a big opportunity here so I I, that that's definitely kind of like a a a highlight for me to to pay attention to is how those guys do when they're out there because they they were very good last night and I'm hoping to see more out of that and I think felino if there's there's one thing that I think he could maybe do a bit more of is just causing a bit more chaos in front of the net, which is a little bit more difficult to do now that he's a center, but um just kind of being a nuisance and and just making sure that uh you know price is not getting a clear view and and just making it tough on him but one thing i I do like about him is that he's just he's very visibly an asshole on the ice and i i I'm a big fan of that yeah, we were short on that in the past hundred percent if price covers the puck and there's nobody standing like there's no defenseman standing there he will just go and stop in front of Price and just like stand there wait for somebody to shove him and they've they've as as ridiculous and silly as this is they've not had that and I don't know how impactful that is ultimately at the end of the day but it's those little battles in the game and and they're just they just didn't have a whole lot of that in the past and it's another look for them and it's it's fun to watch
0: Uh, great podcast boys I, I was trying to think of a great way to wrap things up And I got one. Renault has responded. (laughs) Oh God! What did he say? So, for background, uh, Nick got into a Twitter scrap with a guy Uh, from Montreal (laughs) earlier, as as tends to happen. But I mean, it's you know, I I I don't like to do this usually. I don't like to to do this. I don't I don't like to be mean, but. I just had to because he, he he pulled the whole, you know, haven't played, you haven't played the game thing on you. And, and I just, he had his, his stuff in his bio. So I looked him up and, you know, he had a, he had some rough numbers, you know, we played SEC. So shout out like that's, you know, he played hey, you played college in the States, let's say he's better than all of us combined <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But uh, I just had to be, uh, send him a snarky tweet and it got a lot of likes and, and a lot of people said that I, I did a murder and, um, <laughs> He responded, and you know what? Shout out to Renault. He said, uh, well, I got to tip my hat here. Had a good run. Time to retire. <laughs> uh, well, maybe he was a good sport about and it.
1: He actually he has another one, too. Or... And
0: then, yeah, T, our buddy T, Tyson, said, uh, Cam, you're looking at 25 to life, bud. And then he responded, saying, I'm not pressing charges. I did it to myself. So he's a good <laughs> oh, well, Shout good sport. Out. Good
2: sport. Yeah, I, I hope you can enjoy the rest of the series, even though I hope your team doesn't win, Renault. Right yes,
0: <laughs> that's a good way to end it, boys. Uh, douchebag sweep coming right up. Uh, Leafs <laughs> in five. I, I really like the podcast No Dunks. It's one of my favorite basketball pods, and and I don't know if that's something that they coined, but it's uh, the douchebag sweep. Apparently, LeBron James, I think they said, has done it like five times in his career. So, fire it up. Yep.